welcome to this edition of the Thoracic Surgery Resident Association's podcast. The opinions expressed in this podcast are provided for teaching purposes only and should not be applied directly to patient care. I'm Chi-Chi Do Nguyen, a current integrated CT surgery resident at the University of Michigan, and today I have the great honor to introduce and chat with Dr. Sherry Erkman. Dr. Erkman is a leader in minimally invasive general thoracic surgery, specializing in lung and esophageal cancer. She completed medical school at UCLA and residency and fellowship at Brigham and Women's in Boston, and is currently a professor of thoracic medicine and surgery at Temple University in my hometown, Philadelphia. She was named as a Philadelphia top doctor from 2018 to 2020, and is also the director of the lung screening program and the thoracic residency program at Temple University. She carries the additional title of professor in the Center for Asian Health. She is a well-rounded leader and mentor in and out of the operating room, serving as the general thoracic subcommittee chair of the TSDA in training exam committee and a member of the TSDA finance committee. A mentor to so many current and future leaders in the field, we are so lucky to host Dr. Erkman in today's TSRA podcast surrounding the topic of our resident in training exam, the T-Site. Thank you for joining us today, Dr. Erkman. Thank you, and thank you for the generous introduction. I am really excited to talk about the in-training exam. I think there's a lot of mystery surrounding it. And in fact, over the last five years, there's been an incredible evolution to increase the quality of questions and the quality of information that we receive from the answers, uh, and also a lot of analysis to understand how we can help you. So this is a great opportunity for us to to get the word out about improvements in the in-training exam and how it can help uh, program directors, programs, and uh, trainees. So happy to answer any questions that you have today. Absolutely. And so I wanted to start off with um, what type of questions can trainees expect on the T-site in regards to not only topic, but question format? Yes. So this is one of the things that has gone through uh, the most evolution within the past five years. We are doing all multiple choice questions. They are uh, four answers and you choose the best answer. And we have completely eradicated the um, negative questions because those really tend to confuse people and everything except blah, blah, blah. So you won't have these negative questions. You also will not have questions that test factoids. So, um, you know, what are the three things that contribute to this. So it's really a way to test a thought process. So all of the multiple choice questions will come with a clinical vignette and we're asking for a higher level of understanding. So there has to be an assessment of what's going on in the clinical scenario and a judgment call. And then you have three, what we call distractors, and then the correct answer. So that's the format and it transcends the entire test. So the entire test is 80 questions in cardiac, 80 questions in thoracic, and uh, the exam can run for five hours, but 
nobody takes five hours. The last test, I think, or the last two tests, I'm just looking at the data that uh, everyone finished within three and a half hours. So you have ample time to finish these questions and it's more to test the thought process as opposed to the alacrity with which you know, um, not, you know, bits of knowledge. Thank you. That was really helpful. So how are the questions for the T-Site written, selected, and then reviewed annually? So we have a, a log, a library, if you will, of questions. And these are, uh, we'll call them legacy questions. And they, a proportion of these are within the last two years given, and then within the last four years given. And so a proportion will be from the last four years, a proportion will be from the last two years, and then another proportion will be brand new questions. And this gives us uh, a way to renew the questions and keep current with evidence, but it also gives us some grounding to the validity of the test from year to year. So from this pool of questions, legacy questions make up about 60% and new questions make up uh, 30 to 40% uh, that each of these questions is reviewed so we have a committee, a cardiac committee, and a thoracic committee made up of about 15 people. And each member is responsible for generating about four questions. And then we review the questions, we update them, we test them against other, <laughs> other faculty members. And the new questions come to uh, a review process by the committee chairs and the uh, final chair, Dr. Ravi Ganta, right now. Then the old questions are all reviewed, again, testing against current evidence, knowledge, um, and then how did it perform? So how did these questions perform in the previous years? Did everybody answer it correctly? That's not a good question, let's throw it out. Did everybody answer it incorrectly? That's not a good question. And we even have this discrimination factor where people who did well on the test, did they answer the, the question correctly? And that's a good discriminator. That's a good question. But if all the people who did well on every other part of the test answered this question incorrectly, that's not a good test. So we review all of the questions in terms, the legacy questions in terms of their performance in previous years. So that gives us a large pool of questions. And this year, we align with the American Board of Thoracic Surgery and their content. So luckily, the American Board of Thoracic Surgery published a, uh, a list of content that they expect people to know. And this is widely available on their website. And so we mirrored that to the proportion of what we are giving on the in-service exam. Um, it's influenced and mirrored by the ABTS, but when we look at it from year to year, it's, it's, it's basically the same. We did not do uh, much change from last year to this year, even in light of the American Board of Thoracic Surgery giving us guidance. Thank you so much for that thorough um, explanation. 
Could you actually review an example of a score report and clarify how it should be interpreted? Yes, so um, when we give the exam, there are two dates in March, uh, we will look at the results. We don't like to give immediate results because there's a lot of analysis that goes on after the exam is given. So questions that were really bad or there was a technical problem with an image or something, we will have to throw that question out. And so that changes the analysis. So it takes us about a month to make sure that all of the questions were fair, valid, working well with the examinees, uh, and then do this analysis. And so the analysis is looking at the performance of the test, the performance of each institution, and then getting down to the level of each examinee. And so your program director, hopefully around May, should be able to give you a report of how you did. And it's very granular. For example, um, your individual report will give you a percent ranking according to your peers. So everybody in your year, everybody who is a um, first year fellow, PGY, you know, five, PGY six, whatever it is, you will be matched up against all of those examinees per peer. Then you'll also get an overall rank against everybody who took the test. You'll get a raw score, how many questions did you answer uh, correctly, and an institutional score and in how you how you vary at your own institution. And this is really granular data, meaning that you will get the answer of questions correct, not only in thoracic and cardiac, but in lung, in tracheal bronchial disease, in pleural disease, in valvular disease, and it gets to uh, subcategory, so you can really pinpoint where your knowledge gaps are. And I think this is the most important thing to, to move forward today. The, the most important message is that the in-service exam is not a test of who's the best. The in-service exam is a test to define knowledge gaps and knowledge strengths. And so it's a tool for each individual person to say, yes, I'm very strong in these categories, and no, I need work in these categories. It is a broad assessment. We try to be very, very broad in the content, and we are also testing, like we said earlier, the decision-making process. And so you will get a, an exam, a report, exam report, that goes over this in great detail. And you do have to sit down with your program directors to look at this. We actually presented to the program directors um, the, a month ago and said, you have this report, please use it, not only for your own program, but for each individual trainee. So they'll be expecting you to come to them if they don't come to you uh, with the results of the report. That's really helpful to hear because um, that it's so granular because we know now how we can guide our own individual um, self-learning throughout the year to improve for the following year. Um, for programs that are uh, newer, um, how can those programs use these results to guide like their individual didactics program? 
So each program will get a program score and they will also get this report of how their institution matches up against the mean. And so just as you can see that on an individual basis, you can see it on a program level basis. And you can see it from year to year. So even if you're a new program, you can measure how well you addressed, uh, you know, valvular disease this year, and then you can see scores change. Um, and I think that the program directors now, this is a, a, like I said, a newer program over the last five years where we transitioned over to this new uh, system. So program directors are just learning to look at this curve and, and act on it based on the data. Thank you. Um, how does performance on the T side correlate with performance on the ABTS board exams? And how well does it prepare these individuals for their board exams, especially comparing traditional fellows who don't take the T side to our integrated um, residents who do? So I've been on the in training exam committee for about uh, six, seven years. And we have not done a direct comparison between the in-training exam to the American Board of Thoracic Surgery exam results uh, in that time. And I would say now it is completely a different exam for a different purpose. And so the comparisons would be uh, really hard to make and the conclusions drawn from the comparisons would be hard. Um, as we said, the in-training exam is a tool to understand where your knowledge gaps are. So we have this broad, broad base. We are testing everything and we're testing um, judgment. And we're looking at the purpose of our exam is to understand where there are knowledge gaps and where there are uh, knowledge strengths. This is totally different from the American Board of Thoracic Surgery and their qualifying exam, which is to understand a, an, a level of aptitude. So they're two different tests for two different purposes and how they relate to each other. You can, you, you know, draw your own conclusions. Uh, but I think the best thing to say is that the in-training exam will identify knowledge gaps and knowledge strengths to help you move forward, not only for qualifying for the ABTS, but for your practice uh, as a trainee and as, uh, as a practicing attending. Absolutely, thank you. Are there any common areas for improvement as indicated by review of national performance? Common areas of improvement uh, in terms of um, individual content or specific uh, categories of knowledge. Um, no, I think everything scores at about 60%. Uh, so it's pretty even and we try to keep it, uh, we try to keep the knowledge level so that we can understand that mean. Um, but no, there is nothing that jumps out. Um, in terms of, is there anything we can do to improve our process? Uh, one of the things that we haven't tested in the last few years are questions regarding other milestones, professionalism, uh, interpersonal 
uh, relationships, diversity, equity, and inclusion. Those are questions that we don't have validated yet. Uh, so those types of questions that you may have seen on um, in-service exams for general surgery or uh, even for um, for other standardized tests, we don't have them yet uh, at this time. So our improvement would be to hopefully align a little bit more with the milestones um, in the future. But for right now, uh, this is our strategy is to stick with the uh, curricular content um, as the American Board of Thoracic Surgery has outlined. Awesome. When looking at the exam uh, report that individuals get after the T-site, what would you say is a uh, mean or average score um, comparing different individuals' uh, performance? That's a really important question. Um, we have the exam over the last few years uh, designed so that people will get about 60% of the questions correct. So most people are scoring 60% uh, as their raw score, and most everybody is within one standard deviation of that. It's a very nice bell curve, but it's centered around 60%. So people who are in cardiothoracic fellowship or residency are high achievers. They're expecting to get 80 or 90% on an exam. Uh, this is a different type of exam. It wouldn't do anybody any good for everybody to get an 80 or 90%. It would be uh, useless. So our exam shifts that knowledge to a more challenging level so that most people are scoring around 60% so that you can really define what your knowledge gap is. And so I hope people aren't frustrated by the in-training exam, that they don't come away feeling demoralized. Um, it's a tool so that we can be very transparent with ourselves about where we need to improve, both as an individual and as a program. So um, it's, like I said, a little bit different than previous tests. You can expect to get a raw score of around 60%, but that's to your benefit so that you can see all of the subcategories of where you need to improve. And does that change over time, um, a PGY-1 versus a PGY-6 to 8, um, getting that 60%? Yes, so we can see that not only through the years, from year to year, that we have this trend of first years getting, or usually people are third years getting this and fellows and last year fellows getting this score. And we have it in each individual year, the trend among all of the uh, finishing fellows, what is their score. So that's why it's important for you to see on your individual report, how you score according to the mean of the entire test taking group and how you score in relationship to your peer group. So yes, there is definitely a trend. We see this progression of people and their skills and scores up through the years of training. And also at an individual level, you can see how you have been scored against your peers year to year. 
And if a resident wanted to reach out with more questions or you know, get more information or provide feedback, is there an avenue to do so? Yes, so um, one of the ways that people do feedback, there is a, um, a uh, questionnaire at the end of the in-training exam. And I think that we get some meaningful information from that. We also get some very frustrated people who've just been in a room for three and a half hours who would like to speak their minds. But uh, immediately after the test, there is a, uh, an anonymous feedback process. Uh, we do read and integrate all of all of the comments is really important but at the same time that may not be the best time to get the questions or the comments so i think that this partnership that we have here between the thoracic surgery residents association and the thoracic surgery directors association that this should be an ongoing thing and i'm 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 hopeful that we can continue this conversation on an annual basis so that we can give people updates on are there any changes, anything new to expect, and we can get feedback. So hopefully in the future, people who take the exam can feedback in, um, you know, a more collaborative setting, what works, what doesn't work, what are frustrations. And, and I would, I like I said, this is the very first step of what I hope is an ongoing collaboration between the two groups to get the best result. Absolutely. Thank you so much. And I'm really looking forward to that collaboration as well. Um, today was very helpful to understand, you know, the T-Site from a junior perspective um, and also understanding like what I can do with that information, how I can use it to be better for next year. So thank you so much for this conversation. And I really appreciate all the information that you gave us. I have one last piece of information that the Thoracic Surgery Directors Association would like to convey to uh, residents, trainees, and even attendings is that the in-training exam should not be used as an item for evaluation in a, an application or uh, in any um, form to promote someone's own abilities because it is an assessment that is strictly meant for uh, understanding your, your knowledge base, and that many people in the Thoracic Surgery Directors Association react negatively to people, including their in-training exams. So I just want to uh, put it out there to both program directors and to trainees that the in-training exam is for you and that uh, it is not commonly or oftentimes uh, favorably received by um, people who are hiring. That's really helpful. Thank you so much, Dr. Erkman. I really appreciate your time. Thank you.